Hello, and welcome to On the Turf, hosted by three guys who have never been on the turf. And unfortunately, Rohan cannot join us today. Uh, no, this is not our way of getting rid of him on the podcast. Uh, but he had a prior engagement that he couldn't attend, couldn't attend the podcast this week. Um, so instead, we got one of our friends, Daniel Zhang, to fill in. Uh, a little bit about Daniel. He's a huge Boston sports fan. So I'm sure we'll be talking a lot about the Patriots today. Um, and just a switch up of the formula today. We're actually going to go into straight into Daniel's power rankings because no one besides Daniel wants to talk about last night's game, Patriots and Falcons, which was a 25-0 to zero shutout. So, Daniel, why don't you take it away? Go ahead with your power rankings. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Arjun, and thank you, both of you, for having me on this week. Uh, so, my power rankings are kind of bold, um, to say the least, and you're absolutely right about me wanting to talk about the Patriots. So, let's get right into it. Uh, I want to start first with some honorable mentions, teams that um, were close but didn't make it, and these might surprise some people. I left the Ravens off my list because they lost to Miami last week. I left the Steelers off my list. They tied with the Lions. I left the Chargers off my list. Um, they've lost a couple games recently and haven't played as, as well all around. So let's get into my number 10 team, which might surprise a few of you at home. Uh, I chose the San Francisco 49ers. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> That's right. Despite them being 4-5, and five, I think they deserve this top 10 spot. And here's why. Alright, they have a pretty easy schedule down the stretch. I think it's not far-fetched to say that they could make the playoffs still. Uh, I don't think this is an elite-tier roster. It's not top-tier. But I think guys like Debo Samuel and George Kittle and Elijah Mitchell will be uh, definitely key in getting them to where I think they can get to. Uh, and I think Jimmy G, while not necessarily being like one of the best quarterbacks, he's good enough to win his team some games, and he showed that back in 2019 when they made it to the Super Bowl. So I know I'm getting hate for this pick, but they just destroyed the Rams last Monday, so I gotta say that the Niners deserve to be. I, I know we got some fans of the show who are Niners fans, so uh, I'm sure they're going to be happy with that one. Uh, I'm sure Shree and I have some words for that later after you're done with your power rankings, though. All right, let's go ahead and move into my number nine team, which is the Buffalo Bills. And that might surprise some people as well that I have them ranked ninth. But here's my reason why. I think that if you told me before the year that the Chiefs would be hovering at or below 500 and the Titans would lose Derrick Henry and the AFC North altogether would be so weird, then everyone would have assumed that the Bills would be the AFC champions. But that's really not what's going on. The Bills have had some good games and some terrible games, especially that Jaguars game. And Josh Allen isn't really following up how he played last year. So to be honest, I think that the Bills deserve to be a little bit lower than most people think. And even though I'm not closing the door on the Bills or anything like that, I just want to point out that my Patriots are definitely in that division race. I, I just like to say, as uh, I predicted on the first episode of the show, Shree disagreed with me. Um, I told him Pats would be in this division race, and they're sure making a hell of a race right now. Absolutely, and we'll get to the Patriots later, as I'm sure you guys probably figured out. But let's move into my number eight team, which is the Los Angeles Rams. And here's my reason why they're this low. The last two weeks have been concerning. Let's just say concerning. 
All right, the Rams offense that was so good during the first two months of the season just completely missing in action the last two weeks. It's probably just a minor hiccup, but considering that the Rams are trying to compete for a division crown and also possibly the top NFC seed in that first round bye, they should be playing a little uh, more energetic and with some more motivation. But the last two weeks, I've seen some pretty lifeless play out of them. So let's see if Von Miller and Odell can help that team get back on track. And let's move up into my number seven team, which is my New England Patriots. And they had an impressive win last night. And I think that New England deserves to be above Buffalo just based on the last few weeks, based on how they've played in the last month or so. I mean, this is definitely concerning for any other team in the NFL uh, because the Patriots are starting to round into form as the winter uh, begins. So next up, at number six, I have the Arizona Cardinals, and I know some people are going to be surprised by how low I have them. Even I'm sure though, Rohan would be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he would. I mean, they lost without their quarterback and their top wide receivers, so I can't really punish them too much. But I think that the only reason I have them this low is because I'm pretty excited about the teams that I have in the top five. So... Uh, it would be understandable to kind of fault me for that. So number five is going to also surprise some people. I put the Kansas City Chiefs in my top five teams. Wow. Ooh, not sure about that one, Chief. <laughs> not sure either. Hear me out, though. Hear me out. All right. The Chiefs entering this year, people were saying, hey, Kansas City could go 20-0 and and win the Super Bowl. That's how much hype there was around this team, and especially Patrick Mahomes. And I know that the first two months were pretty disappointing for them. They lost some winnable games. But look, last week, they played an amazing all-around game against the Raiders. And I think that if we keep seeing that Chiefs team, then they'll definitely make the playoffs, and they're going to be the toughest out of anybody. Nobody's going to want to play against them. And I think the game against Dallas this week will be a massive test for both teams. So next up, at number four, and also kind of low, but I'm going to put them there anyway, is the Tennessee Titans because I'm not quite ready to believe in the Titans without Derrick Henry yet. Yes, they beat a good Saints team, but was it convincing? Not really. I mean, they just lost their number one offensive guy and the guy that they depend on for everything, pretty much. And also, they lost to the Jets. So, I mean, even though that was a while ago, I can't really move them up into that top tier. I like to put teams up there that handle their business, and I think that... I need to see one or two more wins out of the Titans, like impressive wins, before I can put them higher than this. So third on my list, and I know it's going to be controversial, is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, wow. even at 6-3. and three. Nope, 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 <laughs> nope, nope, Daniel, nope. Daniel. <laughs> you you all know you all know I'm sure you know why I have the Bucks ranked this high. The answer is Tom Brady. Alright, we've seen this before. We've seen this narrative play out. It feels like every year in the past decade. Tom Brady's team loses a couple games and everybody wants to close the curtain on his whole career. Everybody wants to say he's done, he's old, he's washed. Do you guys remember the on to Cincinnati game when he was back in New England? Everyone was so ready for Brady to be done, and it just did not happen. I think he plays best in these types of pressure situations where he knows the season is, you know, it's kind of on the line at this point. The Bucks need to turn it around, and I'm pretty sure they will. As they keep getting key guys back from injury, I think the Bucks are only going to get better. Next, at number two, and I hope Arjun doesn't kick me off the show, I have the Green Bay Packers in second place this week. All right, so we're only about eight minutes, and I still have the authority to do so. so. <laughs> All right, well, here's why. Even I don't care that they started Jordan Love for one game. Even with like all of the talent that they have, 
The Packers are averaging just over 20 points a game the past five weeks. I don't care, like, if you're starting a backup quarterback. If you're a contending team that's trying to get a one seed, you need to score more than 20 points a game if you expect to beat a team like Arizona or the Rams or even, like, the Saints or the Niners in the playoffs. I hope and I think that the Packers will get back on track, but I think this hot start is a little bit of an anomaly, and I think they're more of a second-tier contender versus some of the other teams. So that's why I have them ranked second. And in first place this week, I have the Dallas Cowboys at number one. Wow. I'm, a, I'm okay with this. I'm okay with I'm not. I'm not okay with, you know, the Packers being ahead of them, but, you know. I mean, it's understandable. <laughs> it's, it's understandable to think that the Packers should be higher, but in my opinion, the Cowboys are better. I mean, they have the more explosive offense at this point in the season. Dak is playing great. They've got a great receiver core uh, with CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper. They also have, in my opinion, the better rushing attack with Zeke and Tony Pollard. And I I find it easier to believe that the Denver game was kind of a one-off and not really the norm for this team. And I think that just because their offense is so much better at this point in the year, I would prefer them in the playoffs over Green Bay. So that's why they're ranked above them this week for me. All right. Tree, I'm sorry. I, I got to get the first track at this one. All right. Yeah. So, Daniel... We appreciate you coming on the show, but I think your time here is done. <laughs> no, but um, I think that I, I have some problems with this list. All right. So first, I think the Cowboys are in the top three. I'll agree with you there. But you just can't discount the Packers like that, man. Okay. They're averaging under 20 a game. Let me tell you who they have out right now. David Bakhtiari, who's such a critical point or a, a critical player on that offensive line. For the Packers. I mean, without him, they can't run block effectively as they would. I mean, once he's back, you're going to have A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, hopefully when he recovers, they're going to be able to execute the outside zone run that they've been wanting to do, but they haven't been able to execute as well this year. But you're also even better going to have the pass protection for Aaron to go deep, which he hasn't been able to do as much as he has last year. Yeah, the Packers have not hit their stride offensively, but there's so much evidence on the table for them to do so in the future as we go into December and the playoffs. So I just don't think, I mean, the Packers, they lost one game in Anomaly where their most important player wasn't even playing. So other than that, the last loss they had was the first week of the season. So I just can't, I I don't see how they're, you know, ranked below number one. I think they have to be number one. Yeah, I'm going to agree with Arden there. I feel like this Green Bay Packers defense is playing that elite football. Like, after 10 weeks, just let me rattle off some statistics for you guys. Third in points allowed, third in yards allowed, third in yards per play, sixth in takeaways, second in yards per attempt, seventh in scoring percentage, and seventh in turnover percentage. Well, that's music to my ears. And, and guys, just remember, <laughs> remember that they don't have their lockdown corner in Jair Alexander, nor do they have their best pass rusher in Zadarius Smith over those 10 weeks. Like, not in every single one, but for the majority of those weeks, they didn't have two of their best like players on their defensive roster. They've had some amazing play happening, and I feel like the offense will come back once Aaron. Hopefully, the Aaron Rodgers situation gets better for Packers fans. Uh, and I think that Devonta Adams and the Aaron Rodgers connection, and I think AJ Dillon is looking like that like running back one that you'd want, like because he just he just that such a great goal line back, third down back. So Daniel. I got to agree with Arjun here. Sorry about that, but I got to put the package. Also, I think I just think the Bucks are far too high on this list, right? I get Brady is Brady's a talent that cannot be matched. He's the GOAT, right? But the Bucks are just not playing 
offensively as they should, right? They're on a two-game losing streak. Um, they lost to, or yeah, they're on two-game losing streak. They lost to the Saints, and then after the bye, remember last year after the bye they were undefeated, but this year after the bye they lost to the Washington Football Team. I mean, no disrespect disrespect to our uh, Washington Football Team fans, but I mean that team's not amazing, is it? So like, I don't know. I just don't think Brady's especially hitting his stride right now. And I don't know if that offense, I think that offense can put together, but I just think they're far too injured to make that happen. I better say also from that Washington football game uh, was that this Washington football team was able to put pressure on the QB. And when Brady was pressured, he was like, I think it was like two for nine and two interceptions. So I think that these like teams like outside, like of the league that were like watching this game, keeping tabs on the Bucks, like realized that, if they can really find that pressure to put onto Brady, like they might be able to yield like some form of results. So I think it'll be interesting to see how teams will kind of adapt to that situation that they've seen, how like the Bucks had to go against like the Washington. So let's talk about the Chiefs at number five. So the Chiefs obviously had like a terrific game. Like Mahomes obviously had one of those like great games. I think he threw for like 400 yards. He had like four or five touchdowns. Correct me if I'm wrong. And Daniel, is this like, I just, I just want to get like your opinion on this. Like, do you think that sample size of that like one game was like enough for you to like convince yourself or like what was your thought process there? Um, I think that the one game sample size is definitely a thing to watch, but we've seen time and time again, pretty much every year, there's always that one contender that kind of doesn't start as well as they want to. And when they really round into form, they start to hit their stride a bit going into November, December and things like that. And I get that sense from this Kansas City team. There was never really any panic about them. And especially because their division is so in reach right now with everybody kind of stuck in neutral. I think Kansas City is in a great position to kind of hit their stride and just take over this playoff race. And I think you're completely right that this Cowboys game will be a great litmus test, especially for Kansas City, right? The Cowboys defense, yeah, the Cowboys defense isn't like, they're, they're a very big play kind of defense, right? You have Trayvon Diggs making those big plays on the back end. You have players like Randy Gregory, I think, who's injured now, um, and Michael Parsons who are making players uh, making plays on the edge. And they had a fantastic game last week against the Falcons, right? But I, do, I think the Chiefs can take advantage of some weaknesses in that secondary, particularly when they're covering, you know, players like Travis Kelsey, right? So I think if the Chiefs can show, even if they don't reach the same levels as last week, but if they can show some competency on offense, which has been kind of hard to see from the Chiefs this year, but if they can show some of that this week, I think it'll be a good week, and I think it'll be a good sign going forward that they could be this kind of top five team. But I think the rest of the list is largely okay, right? I think I agree with what the Cardinals are. I think last week did expose some flaws in their defense. Um, they did get 34 points dropped on them by P.J. Walker and Cam Newton. I mean, I understand Christian McCaffrey was back, but come on. Like, that, car that Cardinals defense has to be better than that. I think the Pats are right where they should be. I think, uh, in my opinion, I think the Pats can be that AFC contender this year. Um I, I don't know if it'll happen, but I, I trust Mac Jones and I trust Bill Belichick. Like at this point, Arjun, and like Daniel, answer me yourself. Like how many AFC teams do you think like are better than the Patriots? Like you got like the Bills, you have the Titans. I don't think have... the Bills are better. I, yeah, I don't think the well, Bills are better. Yeah, I think like, well, they're, they're obviously competitive with the, like teams that can be like competitive with the Patriots that can get like a win over them. So like the, we can say like the Bills. Yeah. Like maybe the Ravens, maybe the Titans. Like in what, my opinion, I, I just think the Bills, Titans, and Chiefs are those are the three teams I would take over the yeah. Patriots right now. 
I think that at this point, I would say I would take Tennessee and Kansas City for sure. The Bills, I'm not convinced. I mean, obviously, I'm going to be slightly biased here as a Patriots fan, but we'll find that out twice later in the season. I'm not 100% convinced that the Bills can beat New England, especially because of the strength of the Patriots' defense right now. I think they can definitely give Josh Allen some struggles, and that could kind of turn the game into a slugfest. And so I would say mainly Tennessee and Kansas City are big threats to New England, but they've been a pleasant surprise for everybody this year. Yeah, um, and I think the one other thing we got to talk about from this list is the Niners at 10. All right, Niners had a fantastic game last week against the Rams. I mean, that was Kyle Shanahan and that defensive staff at its best. Running the ball and playing some great defense, making those key takeaways. But are we forgetting that the week before they got diced up by Colt McCoy and James Conner and the rest of the Cardinals B team? I mean, like, we talk about one game sample sizes. I think this is a big takeaway from one game. I don't know. Yeah, I've, I think that's... Uh, an understandable criticism of this pick, but this pick isn't just based on how I think the Niners are doing. It was also a reflection on everybody else that could have gone in this position. I already mentioned at the beginning about the Ravens, Steelers, and Chargers, but the other teams I considered putting here were teams like the Eagles, the Browns, Bengals, the Saints, and none of those teams really struck me as a team that had potential to improve on themselves later into the season. I strongly considered putting Cleveland there, but they got completely destroyed by New England, so I didn't think that they deserved to be that high. So of those kind of middle-tier teams, I felt like the Niners were the ones with the most potential to kind of improve on their season and turn it into something. So yeah, uh, thanks, Daniel, uh, with your power rankings. But now going into our next segment on great expectations. So this is a new segment that we have uh, on our show. We're essentially going to pick a position group, a player, or something like that, and choose them based on if they like overperformed relative to expectations this year. So I'll go first. So I think that the Packers defense has overperformed, especially because of those injuries that they had. I personally thought that Jair Alexander being out, and I think you guys would agree with me on this, that this Packers defense would essentially like be really like will almost like fall apart especially with that game where the defensive coordinator was out that was the game uh what game was that again i forgot the defensive coordinator uh, that was, was out. the cardinals game um, yeah the cardinals game i thought the card i had the cardinals winning that game for sure just because of this defense and because i thought the arizona cardinals offense would just like power over them and this card i mean this this package defense has been playing like elite football and especially without Zadarius Smith and without Jair Alexander being third in points allowed, third in yards allowed. I mean, that for me, that's one team that definitely overperformed one uh, position group. At least, yeah, and I think mine. a similar defense that has also overperformed. Um, but while the Packers defense has a lot of veterans that are kind of hitting their stride, I think the Carolina defense has a lot of young rookies and young players who are really hitting their stride and getting into their primes. I mean, last year you had the emergence of players like Brian Burns and Jeremy Chin. But this year, you have players inserted in there. Um, you had J.C. Horn before he had the injury earlier in the year. He was playing really good. Um, you have Derek Brown, the, the first-run pick from last year, emerging as a true threat up the middle, both in the pass and the run defense. And you have players like Shaq Thompson, who's been in Carolina for a while, but is becoming that true playmaker in the middle of the field for the Carolina defense. And also, 
you got uh, you got to talk about how they've been so aggressive at the corner position this year as well. They brought in C.J. Henderson via trade from the Jaguars earlier this year. Now, obviously, they brought in, I'm sure, one of Daniel's favorite players, Stephon Gilmore, uh, earlier this year, who's made this Panthers defense have one of the best secondaries and best overall defenses in the league, right? That Panthers defense has taken some of the best offenses in football and basically limited them a lot. I mean, they took the Cardinals last week. Granted, they had Colt McCoy there, but they limited them to 10 points, and they played a really good game against them. They played really good earlier in the year against uh, teams like the Saints. Uh, they played good against teams uh, like the... Uh, I'm forgetting right now. I'll skip past this later. But overall, this Panthers defense has played really well, and I'm really excited because I think this defense has a lot of potential in years going forward uh, because of so many young players on the roster. Uh, yeah, I definitely agree with your points, and I was definitely sad to see Gilmore go. Um, but this is where I'm going to turn the conversation completely on its head, because I'm going to be honest, I didn't really know what to do for this segment, and when I looked on Pro Football Focus, I immediately knew what I wanted to talk about. So I'm just going to go through a couple of PFF's top-ranked rookies of the year. So at number one is Creed Humphrey, the center for the Chiefs. Third is Rashawn Slater, the tackle for the Chargers. And sixth is Trey Smith, the guard, also for the Chiefs. So I want to talk about rookie offensive linemen. And I know this is a group that usually gets no love in NFL uh, podcasts like this, but I think their contributions are noteworthy because out of those three guys, they're obviously all performing amazing. And I'm sure that a lot of average NFL fans probably hadn't heard much about them. And I didn't even mention guys like Panay Sewell, Elijah Vera Tucker, and Alex Leatherwood, who all have immense potential. They've, thrown, they've shown flashes of their abilities and they have room to grow. So I think it's pretty cool that these guys who aren't always fully appreciated by the casual NFL fan can be dominating these rankings so much. Uh, outside of a few guys that usually go high in the draft, offensive linemen are usually overlooked by everybody. And I think this year that uh, people should really take note of some of these guys. Let's take Creed Humphrey, for example. He was drafted in like 64th or something like that, 63rd. The guy right after him was Kyle Trask, a quarterback from Florida. And even though he's done literally nothing in the NFL, I guarantee the average NFL fan probably knew more about him on draft night than Creed Humphrey. And he's having an outstanding year this year with the Chiefs. And I think that just because how uh, important offensive linemen are to the success of an offense, it's well worth noting their contributions this year and hopefully into the future as well. I think there's such a learning curve for offensive line in particular usually. Um, and I think this year's really kind of bucked that trend. Um, I love that players like Creed Humphrey are getting shouted out. Just want to say I was really hoping he would come to the Steelers last year. I know we got Pat Frymouth instead, but Creed Humphrey's such a stud. I'm happy he's doing really well. And obviously you got players really highly drafted and highly talented like Panay Sewell and Elijah Vera Tucker, who are also um, putting on some good showings. But I think it's great that these later round offensive linemen are also performing very well. Um, so it's exciting to see all the young talent we have in the league. But yeah, so these are all of our overperformances for the season thus far. Maybe later, in the, uh, later this year, we'll go into some underperformances, but we wanted to stay positive today. Uh, so... Let's go into our third segment for the day for called Fantasy Team of the Week. You guys know it. We've been doing it for five weeks. Uh, Shree, how did we do last week? I'm looking at this quarterbacks list, and I think we had a terrible week in that regard at least. Yeah, I feel like we've always missed on one quarterback per week, but this is the first time where we missed <laughs> on all three. And, and I don't even know. It's just that 
well, I picked Carson Wentz against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I thought that was a pretty reasonable pick going in. And it wasn't that Carson Wentz performed bad. It was just that Jonathan Taylor blew, like, the everything off of this Jacksonville defense. And it wasn't, I don't think it was really a bad pick going in just because of how consistent Carson Wentz has been. But, again, it was a run-dominated run game. Carson Wentz couldn't really do anything about that. But who picked Matt Ryan? Was it you or Rohan? I got to say that was that was me. Uh, I'm guilty as charged. Oh, yeah. Matt Ryan wasn't um, that great against the Cowboys. And even yesterday against the Patriots, I mean, I don't need any more words. I like Matt Ryan, but he's a little washed. Um, and I think Rohan picked Derek Carr. I don't know. I thought he got out to a good start. I think he threw that touchdown to Hunter Renfro, but I don't know what happened to the Raiders after that. I wasn't watching the game, but that wasn't really a good pick either. But we actually did do better on the running backs. Uh, DeAndre Swift, he was kind of like a mid-pick from the Steelers. Um, he performed okay. But Dalvin Cook uh, against the Chargers, we had him picked. And I feel like um, Dalvin Cook, obviously being injured, we didn't know if he was going to play, but he put up 20.8 points. I think that is your classic Dalvin Cook number, so he did pretty well. Melvin Gordon against the Eagles, he did pretty well as well, so I think that was a great pick. And going into our pass catchers list, we had Keenan Allen against the Vikings, Mike Evans against the Washington football team, and Tyler Lockett against Green Bay. Keenan Allen, even though the Chargers lost to the Vikings, that's right, the Vikings beat the Chargers, and then they beat Russ and the Seahawks, but then they lose to Cooper Rush. Wait, we're, we're uh, not going okay. into one of your Vikings rants right now. We're doing fantasy team of the week. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and we got Mike Evans against the Washington football team. Uh, even though Brady had like subpar game, he still found Mike Evans for in the end zone. Um, and I think that kind of saved him for that week. And really, this title lock against Green Bay, I don't know. Uh, it was it wasn't one of Russ's best games, so that obviously affected Tyler Lockett from there. Neither DK Lockett, Russ, none of them really had good games, and I just gotta say that's uh that's that Green Bay defense for you. Let's get into our uh, our picks for this week. Uh, so for quarterbacks this week, um, we got Lamar Jackson against the Chicago defense. Obviously, earlier today we found out that Khalil Mack is having season-ending surgery, will be out for the year. Um, you also have players like Eddie Jackson who have been in and out of the lineup. And I just think that Chicago defense, they're being real depleted. They were playing really well when all of their playmakers were playing, Akeem Hicks included. But I just don't think Lamar is on such a tear this year. And I think he'll be looking for some vengeance after that Miami game last week. So I think Lamar is going to have a great game. And another quarterback who's going to be looking to get back on track, uh, actually two of them, both from the 2020 draft, is Joe Burrow against Las Vegas and Justin Herbert against the Pittsburgh Steelers. First, Joe Burrow, um, obviously they didn't have the greatest game going into the bye. Um, they got blown out by the Cleveland Browns, but they're coming back. They've had a week to rest. They've had a week to kind of get reacquainted with their offense. I think that Las Vegas team is just losing a lot of spirit. I think the season has been really cruel to them, honestly, with all the situations surrounding Gruden and Henry Ruggs and, and Damon Arnett as well. I just think that Las Vegas team is just getting depleted both mentally and physically. And I just think Burrow and Chase are going to put up, go on an absolute tear this year. Uh, and in this game, we're going to talk about Chase a little bit later. And then obviously, Justin Herbert had one of his worst games of his career last week against Minnesota. Mike Zimmer, for all the, the hate Shree gives him, put on a really good defensive performance and had a really good game plan to limit Justin Herbert. Um, and I think that Pittsburgh defense... Last week, they lost T.J. Watt. Micah Fitzpatrick is on the COVID list. Joe Hayden is out. Um, so those three playmakers on the Pittsburgh defense, apart from Cameron Hayward, are out. So I just think 
the Herberts and that Chargers offense, again, they're coming off of a, a, of a, of a loss that wasn't necessarily reflective of the team. So they're going to be looking back to get back into form. And I think they're going to this week. All right. Yeah. So those are our picks for quarterbacks of the week for this week. Uh, but next up is running backs. So first up, we got David Montgomery. And I think that for this Bears offense, they have to funnel it through David Montgomery. I think that Justin Fields has been playing some, has been getting better as the year has gone on. But David Montgomery is that guy that they've been like using, like even like before he got injured. So in week one, he had 16 carries, week two, 20. He had that at least like 15 carries per week, except for like last week against the Steelers, or sorry, the week before that. But I think David Montgomery is going to have a decent game against the Ravens just because he's been pretty efficient with his carries. So expect David Montgomery to put up those, say, 15, 16 points. Second up, we got Ezekiel Elliott against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Zeke's been playing some great football this year, uh, a good comeback from last year, and this Kansas City run defense isn't really the best. I think it's going to be a big shootout, but I think that Zeke can still catch those passes, get involved in the passing game, even though Tony Pollard is there. So that's Zeke for us. Number three, we got Miles Gaskin and Arjun. As a Miles Gaskin fantasy owner, I'm sure you're kind of frustrated with his inconsistencies. But Miles Gaskin uh, has a pretty safe floor just because he's also used in the passing game as well. And also against that horrendous Jets defense, I think he'll do pretty well. And finally, we got Jeff Wilson. Uh, I think we have Elijah Mitchell out this week. Um, but Jeff Wilson is going to be stepping in. And whenever he's been on the field, he's been pretty amazing. And this Jacksonville run defense isn't really the best either. Yeah, and I think Jeff Wilson, the fantasy hero from last year, um, personally, in one of my leagues, I've stored him on my bench since week three, even when he was still on IR. I've been waiting for this moment. Maybe we're just speaking it into existence here, but I think Jeff Wilson is going to have an absolute bonkers game against that Jacksonville defense. But uh, let's let's get into our uh, let's get into our wide receiver and our pass catchers of the week. Uh, Daniel, you want to take us away? CeeDee Lamb against Kansas City this week. Uh, like Shree said, we're pretty sure that's going to be a shootout game. Uh, I would not be surprised if the total points is like over 70 or 80 points in that game. Uh, and we've also got uh, a couple injured players in that one. Uh, I think you guys mentioned Amari Cooper was out, uh, or at least limited at best. So we've also got Jamar Chase against the Raiders. Uh, like we talked about with Burrow earlier, that Raiders team has been through quite a lot this year. So we wouldn't be surprised to see the LSU former LSU teammates kind of just go on a tear against that Raiders team. We've got Darnell Mooney for the Bears sliding in there against Baltimore this week. Uh, I think Mooney's kind of an underrated guy in fantasy overall. I had him on my bench a lot last year, and I uh, was pretty happy when I stuck him in there for a few weeks. Uh, I haven't had him this year, but he's been putting up some decent numbers, and you can expect him to probably do the same this week. And we've also got Dallas Goddard, the tight end uh, for the Eagles, playing against the Saints this week. The Eagles don't have too many uh, weapons. They've obviously got Devontae Smith, but outside of him, Goddard's been a pretty reliable weapon this year, uh, so expect him to keep doing the same this week to our final segment of the day which is a little bit of a unique segment um we're going to kind of be looking a little bit back from this year and we're going to be talking about what quarterbacks you want to build a franchise around for about the next decade so what i'm going to do is we're going to go all the way back to the 2018 draft we're going to go through all the major quarterbacks in the first round and later and we're going to talk about whether you want them to be your quarterbacks of the future so Shree, Daniel, let's start off with the big one. Baker Mayfield, the first round, the first pick of the 2018 draft. Do we think he's a franchise quarterback for the Cleveland Browns for the next 10 years? Well, in my opinion, 
My answer is no on this one. I've been kind of unimpressed by his all-around play over the last few seasons. I've seen some flashes of that franchise guy, but really not that consistent. He's got some terrible weeks thrown in there, like last week against New England. He's also got some good games in there, but if I look for a franchise guy, I want that guy that I can depend on uh, pretty much every week. And Mayfield, his game and his numbers... Just overall, his career doesn't jump off the screen at me like that. So my answer is no. Yeah, I got to go no as well. Um, I don't know. I think like Baker Mayfield, he had a better second half of the season last year. And I think a lot of uh, people like recognize him for that. But this year, I personally thought that Baker Mayfield and the Browns underperformed. So I really think that if, if there was like another quarterback in his in a situation, right? The, he's in a great situation with the Cleveland Browns. And even though they had a lot of injuries... I think that Baker Mayfield, again, I was also a little unimpressed. So, no, I would not uh, build a franchise around Baker yeah, Mayfield. Yeah, um, it sucks to say because I actually really like Baker Mayfield as a player. Um, I, I, I got to say no as well. I just think he's shown that even given the tools, what, what a great offensive line he has in Cleveland and that great running game that he can't really produce. Now, do I think he's going to be a starter in this league for the next 10 years? Of course I do. I think he definitely will be. But do I think he's going to be that franchise guy, a franchise-defining starter for the Browns? I don't think so, unfortunately. But let's get into our next quarterback, the third pick of the 2018 draft, Sam Darnold. I got a feeling we're all going to share the same opinion on this one. Um, it's going to be a no for me. I think Sam Darnold has shown in his time in Carolina and obviously his time in the Jets that I think that pick was just a bad pick. I mean, it was it was a smart pick at the time, but I, I just don't think that Darnold has panned down the NFL I think he's far too turnover prone. Um, I just think he's very inconsistent. He tries to play hero ball a little too much, and I just don't think Sam Darnold is the guy. Um, I think he would be a solid backup, though. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Uh, same reasoning from here. Yeah. But the next two quarterbacks, um, I think we can both agree, are probably franchise starters. Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, the last two. Uh, we're, we're leaving out Josh Rosen because we know the answer to that. Um but yeah, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, franchise quarterbacks, guys. I think we agree, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think they're both franchise guys, but in my opinion, I'd prefer Allen over Lamar. Uh, I just want to throw that out there. I think Allen is the guy that you could rely on more for the next 10 years. Lamar, I, I never really liked the rushing quarterback that much because they take some hits and their career's just done. We've seen it with running backs and people like that. They get hit, they tear something, break something. So I would rather have Josh Allen. He's athletic, talented, big guy. He's got great arm skills. Uh, I like Lamar a lot, but I would rather have Allen. Honestly, for me, I think I would rather have Lamar. Um, I think Lamar has shown that he's been able to avoid injury with his running style. Um, so I, I think Lamar is going to be a starter in this league for the next 10 years. I think he's really developing as a pocket quarterback as well, especially this year. So I think even as maybe his speed and his agility maybe decreases as he gets older i think his pocket quarterback skills are going to get better and i think he has i think he is the baltimore ravens right now and i think he will be the future of the baltimore ravens uh for a long time but going on to the 2019 nfl draft obviously there's only two players uh or two quarterbacks i think that kind of stand out here um dwayne haskins he's a third string quarterback for the steelers none of us really think even as a steelers fan i don't think he's going to pan out to be the guy a franchise guy but um, first, the first pick of the draft, Kyler Murray, in my opinion, I think he will be the, he is the future of the Arizona Cardinals. I think you can build a franchise around him, but 
slightly worrying to me is the injuries he's kind of racked up over the past few years. He's obviously been out for a couple games this year. He had a shoulder injury last year that really held him back down the stretch and kind of caused the Cardinals to miss the playoffs um, because that offense just wasn't able to get it done. So I think that's something to watch out for, but I can't discount discount Kyler. He's a stud. Um, as long as he's on the field and healthy, I think he's one of the top quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, I gotta agree with you there. Even though, as all rookie QBs didn't have the best rookie season, and then he had DeAndre Hopkins for his second year, and now in his third year, he led his Cardinals to such a such a great record. Uh, but again, I agree those injuries are concerning. But another quarterback that I think that we can kind of talk about is Daniel Jones. Um, so let me ask the question this time. So. Um, Arjun and Daniel, what do you guys think about Daniel Jones? All right, I think that a lot of people are kind of harsh on Daniel Jones. I think he's not as bad as a lot of people make him out to be, although I would not build my franchise around him. I think he's been okay. He's shown a couple flashes. Definitely not anything I would consider top six pick worthy, but I think he's not as bad as pretty much everyone says he is. Yeah, um, I think Daniel Jones, I think he's actually shown some improvement this year. He's kind of decreased the turnovers, but then you also have games like the game against the Rams earlier this year where he kind of showed that he was the Daniel Jones of last year. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I don't think that Daniel Jones is the franchise guy for the Giants. Honestly, I think that they're going to, if they don't really win games down the rest of the year, I think they'll probably look to move off of him and just kind of clean house. Um, I think he'll probably find a starting job. Um, and I think he can maybe have like a Ryan Tannehill kind of career down the line, um, especially with his athletic talents. So I think Daniel Jones has improved a lot. I don't think he's as bad of a quarterback as he was in the past, but I just, I can't call him a franchise quarterback, right? But yeah, uh, let's move on to the 2020 draft. Obviously, we're not going to do the 2021 draft since we don't have enough evidence on these guys yet. But the 2020 draft, we've seen about a year and a half from these guys for the most part. Um, so let's get into the, uh, the first pick of the draft, Joe Burrow, uh, the guy out of Cincinnati. Uh, I think Joe Burrow is a franchise quarterback for the next 10 years. This year, it's been slightly worrying. He's thrown uh, quite a bit of interceptions, but he's shown that he can make that big play. Last year, he wasn't great with the deep ball. But now he's got Jamar Chase. That duo is going to be a tear on the league for the foreseeable future. Um, and I just think as long as both of them can stay healthy and as long as Cincinnati can protect Joe Burrow, um, I think they're going to be a very good duo going forward. And I think Burrow can lead the Cincinnati um, Bengals back to the playoffs. Yeah, i got to agree with you there. Um, this year, Joe Burrow had a great connection with Jamar Chase. And I feel like um, the Bengals are understanding that if they can be, build a team around Joe, Joe Burrow, that he can produce. So, yeah, uh, completely in agreement there. Yep. I'm going to have to agree here as well. I have absolutely no problem taking Joe Burrow as my franchise quarterback for the next 10-plus years. Uh, sure, he's had a bit of a sophomore slump, I guess you could call it, but I'm not at all concerned about a guy that just came into uh, into the league. He's in his second year throwing a couple interceptions. I think that offense is going to be one to be reckoned with for the next decade. Yeah, um, and the next quarterback, I think, is one that's been talked about a lot, um, and that's Tua Tungvaluwa, the quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. Street, want to go ahead? Listen, I think that Tua, and I think Arjun is also in agreement with, with me here. He's just gotten so much hate, and I think that Tua is like he's had those flashes, and I feel like he just needs some more time to develop. I think that all quarterbacks need some time to develop, but right now I wouldn't build a franchise around Tua. But I think that that if he were to be like taken into a system, like 
given some time, I think that maybe in the future that answer could change. But right now, I don't think that I would build a franchise around him. But I just want to say that he has been overhated. I'm in agreement here with everything except for that last part. I think he does deserve a lot of the kind of negative talk around him. And here's my reason why, right? Tua was drafted very early in the first round. I think he was fifth overall or something like that. So clearly the Dolphins had plans for him to be this franchise guy, kind of the guy that would take them into the future. And now just a short two-ish years later, we've heard a lot, uh, especially in the past few weeks, uh, not really anymore after the trade deadline, about the Dolphins trying to trade for Deshaun Watson. And I think that goes a long way uh, of saying how the Dolphins have kind of lost a bit of faith in Tua. I don't think that they see him as that guy of the future anymore. Otherwise, they wouldn't be trying so hard to trade for another quarterback. So I think that... Sure, Tua might be a little bit overhated, but I think he does also deserve some of those negative conversations around him. All right, I'm going to go against you guys here. I think Tua is a franchise quarterback. Hear me out here. First of all, I completely agree with you. I, I disagree with you, Daniel. Um, I think that Tua has been far too overhated. We got to see how bad the offensive line is. Um, and they finally put some playmakers around him. Jalen Waddell and him have been developing quite a connection. Um, and I also want to just say the offensive play calling for the Miami Dolphins has just been baffling to me at points. Um, I just think that they are far too conservative with Tua, and they need to let him air it out a little bit. And I think Tua is a franchise guy. He has pinpoint accuracy. Um, he has just he has pinpoint accuracy. He has great pocket presence, and he has a great ability to just find the open receiver and throw it where only the receiver can get it. I guess I'm a bit of a Tua guy now just because I'm just so disappointed with the Dolphins for how they treated him through the whole Deshaun Watson thing. And I'm sure they'll continue in the offseason. And in my opinion, I think Tua is a guy and I think the Dolphins should build around him. Do I think they will? No, I don't. But the next quarterback taken in the draft was Justin Herbert. I think, obviously, franchise guy, in my opinion. Sheree? Yeah, I mean, Justin Herbert, he had one of the best rookie seasons for a quarterback ever. I think he's thrown. I think did he throw for the most touchdowns? Threw for the most touchdowns. Yeah, yeah he did. I mean, I think touchdowns. that's your answer, right? Like, if you wanted him to be a franchise quarterback, like he was, he that that is him. Like Justin Herbert is such a great passer. I think that he has his weapons at his disposal in Keenan Allen, Mike Williams as your deep threat, and that O line has started to get better this year. He had a horrendous O line last year, and he still put up great numbers. So yes, for sure, I would put Justin Herbert. I would build a franchise around. Yep, I'm absolutely going to agree with both of you here. Herbert is a an amazing quarterback. I think he's already probably top 10, maybe even better than that in the league. Uh, yeah, no hesitation to build a franchise around him. Yeah, um, and then the next two are a little bit of, uh, I think, are interesting to talk about. So the first one is Jordan Love. Um, based on the one game we saw of him, I think people are inclined to believe, and I don't know if you guys would agree that, yeah, he's not. In my opinion... I don't think you can build a franchise around Jordan Love, given what we've seen now. But I do think there is, I think you can take the time with Jordan Love because I think he has so many physical tools. um, And he's obviously spent two years now in that Packers offense and that Matt LaFleur offense. I think that Jordan Love can be a great quarterback going in the future. That game against the Chiefs, he had some good throws. I think he was a little bit jittery in the beginning, which caused him to not do as well. 
But I think Jordan Love could be the guy. Now, I guess that's kind of a cop-out answer. I'm not really saying yes or no, but I guess it's no right now, but it very much could become a yes. Yeah, my answer here on Jordan Love is going to be pretty similar to yours. I'm going to render a no decision at this point. I think you can't really decide on one quarterback after basically one game. Um, I think that a lot of the things that you said I definitely agree with. I think Jordan Love, definitely if he's given another year or two to kind of learn that Green Bay offense, I think he has a lot of potential. Uh, I, I don't think anybody was really expecting Jordan Love to kind of be good right out of the gate like some of these other quarterbacks. But I think if you give him some time, and I'd like to see a larger sample size, I think Jordan Love could actually do something in the NFL. Yeah, and we might see that next year if Aaron Rodgers does move in the offseason. Obviously kind of speculative, but something to talk about. All right, we don't need to talk about that right now. You know, we're still in the season. <laughs> so <laughs> let's just let's just live with the reality that Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Uh, last up, we got Jalen Hurts. And... Guys, I got to go no with this one. Even though he's been a great fantasy quarterback, I don't think that's actually what's happening in reality. Um, Jalen Hurts, obviously, that completion percentage has been kind of bad. Um, I think that him getting Devonta Smith, Devonta Smith um, might have helped him a little bit. I just think that over like the past year and a half, he hasn't really proved to be that franchise quarterback. Um, I think that he's been okay at best, I guess. Um, I think that he still needs to develop as a passer. Um, he has that rushing upside, but I don't know. I personally would not. Yeah, um, I agree. I think this is a very close one for me because I think that Philadelphia offense is starting to put it together with the run game, and they're starting to use Hurts less in the passing game. Um, I think last last week they only used uh, they only made him pass three times in the second half. He's become a good part of that rushing game, but I I don't know. I think he's a very good mobile quarterback, and he does what he's asked to do in the offense. Um, I think when it comes to those crunch time situations, I don't know if you can co- count on him to make those big time throws that players like Burrow and Herbert uh, could make. But I think that Hertz has potential to be a great player in the future. I just don't think you can depend on him to be the franchise guy for the Eagles. And especially since they've got three first round picks in the next draft, I think they'll be looking either to get a veteran or to make a move for one of the quarterbacks in the draft. I'm going to go the opposite direction as you guys here, and I'm going to go ahead and say that he is a franchise quarterback, and here's why. I agree with a lot of the things you said about him having a lot of potential. I definitely see flashes in his games. Uh, I think it's definitely good that he does what he's asked. I value that more than a lot of people do. I'm not just looking for the flashy plays and the stats and things like that. I think that he's taking the time right now to learn, and as the Eagles start to get better, possibly in the second half of the year or later. I think uh, Jalen Hurts will also start to get better. Obviously, adding Devontae Smith is huge. But I think that the Eagles had enough confidence to trade away Carson Wentz. And I think that kind of says a lot about what they think about Hurts. So I'm going to go ahead and lean towards yes here. Not totally confidently, but that's my opinion on that. Yeah, um, so that's basically all the quarterbacks going up to 2020. Obviously, we all have some opinions on the quarterbacks this year. I'm sure Daniel has quite a few about Mac Jones. Um, But uh, I think we'll have to save that for a later date just because um, it's a little too soon in the year to say whether these guys are franchise guys or not, considering we've only seen, you know, Trey Lance play like two games and the rest of them are still developing and they're getting better as each game goes on. But that's about it for the show this week. Um, so we would love to hear your thoughts on Daniel's controversial power rankings 
and all the things we talked about in the show, especially these quarterback, uh, these quarterback choices. But we would love to hear your thoughts on that. Sound off on the Instagram at on the turf podcast. Uh, but thank you for joining us. Thank you for Daniel for uh, coming on the podcast today. We'd love to have him back on uh, later. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me on. Uh, I had a really good time just kind of talking about the NFL with you guys. And yeah, hopefully I can be back soon. Yeah. Um, so I'm Arjun Narayan. And I'm Sri Bhavan Khanda. And I'm Daniel Zhang. And we'll see you next week on The Twitch.